Hey, hey, Super Gluer. Welcome back to the Super Glue Podcast. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. In today's episode, we're going to focus on affect regulation, which is really a lot about emotional regulation and getting control of our thoughts. But hey, I'm glad that you're here. I am, like you, a fellow super gluer, and I know you've got a lot on your plate, so I hope that together we can sit back and relax for a moment, share in a morning prayer, and gear up for a kick-ass day. So let's jump in. Hey, super gluer, we all know that we've been through a lot in our lives. Any one of us that's lived for any number of years can attest to the fact that life can be hard. And we're constantly in this state of waiting for things to work out or waiting for something to be fixed. And if only this were better, then kind of feeling. And we know that a lot of those feelings are really normal and many of us experience them. But the point in listening to a podcast like this or reading books or being around friends that are uplifting and doing that over and over and over again is so that we stay cognitively regulated. In fact, the research says that we need to continue to hear these messages with frequency and consistency because the ebb and flow of life will get to us. And just because we might be feeling good in one moment, we are at risk of feeling vulnerable in the next moment. Life is about that ebb and flow and the up and down. So today we're going to focus on affect regulation and revisit some things we've talked about before, hopefully share with you a couple of new ideas, but jump into the idea of putting our emotions on display, really putting them on display for ourselves, right? Almost like putting them on trial so that we go through a process of understanding our emotions so that we can get back to feeling more regulated. Let's begin by talking about what affect regulation really is and when we might use it. So this is a uh, comes out of a research study, and some of the tools that we're going to talk about come from psychology today. But essentially, we know from the research that we can really do a lot to help reduce depressive symptoms in individuals with an intervention that focuses exclusively on strengthening adaptive resources, or excuse me, adaptive responses. Let me say that again, adaptive responses, and we use resources or interventions to do that. So what does that mean? Well, we've all had times where we've had a thought and that thought can send us into an absolute spiral where we just feel like we go down in a well of emotions and it's really hard to get ourselves out of that thought. And we begin to move from those initial thoughts into really undesirable feelings. And a lot of that has to do with the ability to regulate ourselves and get control of those emotions or thoughts pretty quickly. But sometimes that can be really hard to do. And I've been working actually with my own daughters on this because I think being in college can bring about a lot of different emotions and feelings of emptiness or feelings of overwhelm or just that, again, ebb and flow of sometimes things feel like they're going really well and other times not so much. And so we've just been having a lot of conversations about unmasking these feelings and talking about them and putting them on display in a safe space and having a conversation with ourselves or with someone that we trust to help us move from our undesired emotion to a more desired place. And really what this is, is being able to move from 
our unwanted response, our unwanted thoughts to an affective response. And what this means is that when we apply an affective strategy, we're literally being able to get control of our thoughts. This is a behavioral activity, if you will. And it can help us to really reduce the negative effects of our thoughts and how much our thoughts can really send us into that spiral. So we're going to talk a little bit about a strategy today that comes from Psychology Today as a a really great tool for affective regulation. Sometimes in the research, you might notice that this is also called emotion regulation. This gets talked about a little bit more, but it really is about our ability to modulate our emotional state. So have an adaptive change, if you will. And we can do that by being really flexible in stressful situations. Now, I believe, and I've lived this through personal experience, that the first step in this is accepting that you are actually able to change your thoughts. And in working with my youngest daughter, you know, really getting her to understand that has been a struggle and that a lot of times she would say, no, I can't, I can't help it. This is the way I feel and I can't help it. And and I get that because it does feel that way. It absolutely feels like I have no control over these thoughts and they come and they take over my body. And now, you know, I'm suddenly swimming in a well of sadness. But I think there's been some maturity lately. And in that maturity, I'm starting to notice more conversations with her where she's recognizing that, you know what, I am old enough now to understand that I am an emotional being, yet I have the ability to regulate my emotions by changing my thoughts. And that is an intentional choice. And so super gluers, just to want to remind all of us that when we're struggling with affective regulation and really being able to change our thoughts. So successfully uh, getting ourselves away from severe consequences of thought. The first step of that is really recognizing and believing that you have the power to change it and that you in, in, in nothing else, you know, may be going well for you in a particular moment, or you may feel that you're losing control of everything, but the one thing you can control are your thoughts. And so the ability to do that is really, really important. And um, I think it's important to note, though, for those of us that have experienced trauma in our lives, it can be an even harder process. Uh, The research goes on to say, you know, if we have had uh, a lot of um, chronic or complex trauma or an acute trauma that led to complexities in our lives, that it can be hard to soothe our system. And so we might have a difficult time regulating. It doesn't mean we can't do it, though. We just may have to practice a little bit more, right? And we may need some therapeutic support to help us do this. But seriously, the idea is understanding that we can move ourselves into uh, a more light, lightful view or or lighter view um, of our emotions. So I do want to talk a little bit about something uh, Caitlin and I were talking about when it comes to emotions and sadness. And I don't know how many of you, you know, tend to gravitate towards sadness. Um, I know my emotion that I gravitate toward the most is frustration or anger. Um, But for her, it was sadness. And and when we talked about that, sadness is one of those emotions where it's absolutely always okay to feel any of these emotions, by the way, but it's one of those that can sometimes get you stuck. Because when we feel really sad, 
we lose our motivation to take action because we're in this sort of place of, of sulking and sad. And we just kind of feel like maybe we've lost our ability to take that next step or to be empowered for change. And I think for me, you know, as a young person, I definitely felt more sadness as I've gotten older and developed a little greater sense of self-efficacy and confidence. I think that's why I tend to go more towards that anger. And I don't mean unrighteous anger. I mean, anger that is actionable, you know, anger in a way for me that allows me to get mad and letting that anger become empowering. So emotions inevitably are not bad. They should never be coined as bad and we should never feel bad about having them. But thinking about which emotions we're most attracted to or patterns we tend to fall in will help us understand maybe where we need a shift. So if you're someone who's falling into that sadness emotion a lot, consider what anger might do for you in terms of helping you to become more empowered and take action to change a particular circumstance. If anger allows you to uh, do good things for yourself and to uh, have, you know, a, a righteous anger to do good and to be advocate uh, to be an advocate, great. But if anger is taking over in a way that is uh, paralyzing to you or causing relationship harm, then obviously that's not the kind of anger that we're talking about, right? So just understanding the difference between that is so, so very powerful. So as we get into this, I want to just ask you to take a moment to think about your own situations and uh, what kind of emotions resonate with you the most. And if you would, just think for a moment, when you get upset, what emotion comes to mind the most for you? What, what gets brought up the most and what do you feel most often? And take just about five seconds or so to think about that and name it. All right. And in all transparency, if you heard my Alexa back there beeping, I uh, apologize for that. But I want to keep going in this episode because I think it's so important for us to also have a tool that we can use to help us think about moving our emotions from one direction to the next. And so there's four steps to this, and I'll put these out in the show notes if it's helpful. But essentially, When we have a situation that bothers us, it's really important to write it down, journal about it, get it out and trace it, right? Understand what's happening. So the first question is, what's bothering you? You know, and when that situation came up and the emotion first started, who are you with? What were you doing? Where were you? When did it happen? Just kind of get it out, the situation. So it's naming it all. Next, you take a moment to just think about how you feel. And how did that situation rate in terms of intensity? So from zero to a thousand, how strong is the particular emotion? The next step would be to interpret your thoughts. So really kind of going through what went through your mind. How did you interpret what happened? From what lens did you see it? And then finally, what is the alternative viewpoint? How could you look at the situation differently? And there are some prompts I'll put in the show notes as well, such as what other ways are there of looking at this situation? What would a friend say to me about this? I love this one. I just certainly didn't write it again. It comes from psychology today. What would Batman say to me? And what are three good outcomes that might come from this? Putting our emotions on trial and examining them from the beginning of when they happen to their intensity, to our interpretation and alternative views 
is a great way to engage in affect regulation, helping us move from that broad range of emotions where we feel out of control to a flexible way of managing stress so that we can look at our emotions, name them, feel them, but not get trapped by them. And I think that's the the key to all of this. When we look at scripture, it can be really helpful, especially Romans 8, 5, 6, which says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on things of the spirit for them for to set the mind on the flesh is death. Y'all, I'm going to say that again, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. If we want to live a peaceful life, we have to be aware of how often our minds are going to the flesh, to the here and to the now, to the ego, to what everybody else thinks versus living according to the spirit and what God calls us to do and how we can live our lives according to our faith to be able to go in prayer, to share our emotions with the Lord, to put these things down on paper, work through the emotions and know that we're never alone. And with that, if you would join me in a morning prayer, we'll bow our heads and ask Father God, if you would just be with us as we put our emotions on display. It is so hard to make the choice to want to overcome our emotions and not allow ourselves to get stuck. But it is a choice, Lord. Empower us and help us to be more focused on the spirit than the flesh. Help us to go to you for guidance as we journal, as we sit with our thoughts, as we examine our thoughts, and then move our thoughts forward to a more regulated state. Help us to feel that through our spirit.